Good morning, good afternoon, good night, my dears. Welcome to the Worldwide Podcast. And now we are traveling to the Middle East to be talking about Jordan, this amazing country with all this history behind the country. But before introducing our guest of the day of the night, it depends when you guys are listening to this podcast. I just want to ask, how's Guilherme? How's everything, bro? How is South Africa? Hey, guys, how's it going? Man, South Africa is just it's just its own thing like it's supposed to be winter and it feels like summer still so guys if you want to just have sunny days all the year come to cape town i kid you not it's truly amazing but yeah i'm, I'm so excited about the middle east we only did one country yet which was saudi arabia big one but i'm ready to continue this this trend of the middle east so yeah let's get into it oh for, for sure. sure just introducing our guest of the day uh, Haley, Haley, how, how do I pronounce your surname? Um, it's a little bit hard, so you can announce it Abdelkalik. Abdelkalik. Yes, or you can, yes, or you can just call my dad's name, and that is Mahfouz. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Haley, Abdelkalik is being the guest of this program tonight to be talking about Jordan, this amazing country. So, like you said, we talked about Saudi Arabia, but that's the thing about those countries right there in the Middle East. They are different. They are just fucking different to each other. So it's going to be very interesting to hear from you about Jordan. But, but yeah, Haley, mic is open. Introduce yourself. <laughs> talk to you now our listeners. First of all, thank you for the introduction, Hua. And I would love to come to the Cape Town, by the way. <laughs> That's going to be a whole new experience since I experienced uh, Europe in 2018. And that was literally four years ago. I would love to do it again. And I went uh, two weeks ago to Turkey. But I still mm -hmm. telling them that Europe is much, much uh, more beautiful than Turkey. I don't know why, <laughs> but I loved it more. <laughs> Maybe because of the Roman stuff. That are there. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. Where did you go? Very unique. And like Where you did you visit, go in Turkey? I went to Istanbul actually. Yeah. And Istanbul it was a one-week vacation, a very quick one. Like I booked, I renewed my passport, and then I went to the flight <laughs> same day. <laughs> wow, so you so you did a round trip in a day? So you went yeah, go I, I decided fuck. and I took a day off from my job. Okay. And I renewed my passport, booked the tickets, same day. And then I got into the flight and I went there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And Amazing. by my own as well. That was the most insane thing I have done lately, but I love to do more and more insane stuff. You should. Now talking about uh, Jordan, after finishing my Erasmus in Portugal, as uh, I have done it there, um, I completed my bachelor degree in electronic marketing and social media at one of the best universities in Jordan. It's a private university that is called Princess Sumaya University for Technology. And uh, then I have started working in a couple of agencies. One of them were a local one and the other one were a regional one. It was actually Turkish by Erdogan as well, but with many branches around Middle East uh, and Africa. And now That's I'm working cool. uh, Orange Telecommunication Company that is a French telecommunication company as you might know. And I work as a communications and content expert. So that's why uh, I don't find something weird in this podcast. We're just chatting here. <laughs> and I would love to tell you more about Jordan. Jordan, no, for sure. they have started talking, <laughs> as one of the Middle East countries. Uh, I was born and raised here in Jordan. And uh, what I love the most about my country is that it has uh, many different things. Uh, within the culture and uh, within the nature of people, also with the nationalities we have here. So as per the conditions in the Middle East that surrounds my country, Jordan, we have many nationalities here like Iraqis, Syrians, Palestinians, Lebanese, and many other people. And that's what makes our culture is a little bit different from um, part to another even that it's very small and much smaller than Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, it's more uh, diverse, maybe. It's more diverse than a lot of it uh, has other Middle yeah, Eastern people. Yeah, it has a lot of diversity, actually. yeah. Uh, but, North, but why did they choose to, to, to go live there and not stay in their own countries? Why Jordan, do you think? Uh, because it's a country, like, let's say that it's the most safe country 
uh, oh. other countries uh, because we have stable uh, stuff here. And uh, okay. yeah. And so also uh, my country, there is something special here. In the north of the country, uh, we have uh, many mountains and green stuff. In the middle, we are a little bit uh, like, uh, like uh, Petra, Wadram. And in the most south, there is uh, Aqaba. Uh, mm. That is, uh, what do you call it in English? <laughs> it's like a coastline. And yeah, it is the only coastline in Jordan, right? The only exactly. way to access like a, so where, a sea or an ocean. Where the sea is, yeah. right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. The Red Sea. The part, the little part of the Red Sea. That, that sea, yeah. That but it's sea. very small. Yeah, it's insanely small. Yeah, but what, what makes it uh, a special thing is uh, it has everything you want to see. Like if you want to see green stuff, you can find. If yeah, you want to sure. see desert, you can yeah. find. If you want to see a town, yeah. you can find. And if you want to see see an ocean, you can find. Everything is here in Jordan. But so, by the way, so did you we, ever went to went to float around in the Dead Sea? Because it's it's I, like the the sea with the most salt uh, in the world, I think. So you can just like yeah, float around. we we go we go actually we go like uh, once or twice a year. Uh, three weeks ago, I was in Aqaba and mm. uh, forward, and on our way back, we passed by the Dead Sea. We watched the sunset from the salt and um, uh, the like. It's like instead of sand salt so i was sitting on something white it's like uh, ice uh, when you see it from uh, away but it's salt yeah. so Jesus. that's what makes so it beautiful. the sand has salt in it basically it's like just salt where you put like yeah. a towel in. okay the sea because of global warming is shrinking right so you, there are uh, rocks and salt. Ah, I got you. I got you. Because, <laughs> uh, because of the tide, right? So when the water was going close to the sand, the salt was staying in the sand, right? Okay. Exactly. So, okay. so there are bulk of salt. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yes. Um, and also for the culture, we have uh, some open-minded families. We have some traditional families. And the this more you cool. get... Uh, to the south, the more you find more people that are holding the traditional uh, way of life and the more stubborn people. Uh, you can't <laughs> easily change their mind and whenever you go for the north, you find much easier uh, to communicate people. Mm. This is known uh, not just in Jordan, this is not in the Middle East. So even in Saudi Arabia, mentioning Saudi Arabia, uh, people are in south are more stubborn and more standing to their uh, points when they talk and when they communicate, and you can't easily change their mind. <laughs> oh, okay, um, yeah. they're they're less open-minded and less, let's say, inviting than North exactly. people. Exactly. Very conservative. In history, right? in history, in the history we have studied, they uh, used to tell us our grandparents and the uh, ancient people that it's because uh, of the nature of the land. So when it's about deserts uh, and people are surrounded with uh, deserts and rocks, they are more stubborn. And when they are, there is a more uh, soft weather and a nice one, there are calm people who you can discuss with and so on. Wow, that actually yes. makes sense, yeah. Sounds pretty, <laughs> sounds pretty different than Sandra Ray, but I don't know if you, you know agree with me. But during the episode that we did with uh, this Saudi Arabian girl, I forgot her name. What's her name? Uh, uh, Sahar, Sahar. Sahar. Yeah, with Sahar. She was telling us that women were allowed to drive only, you know, two years ago or a year ago, yeah. which was crazy to hear, you know. So it's totally the opposite of what you're telling us right now. You got like a very open country. You got like people, you know, thinking forward. Then how it works when, you know, tell about those things, you know, I, I mean, let's call it, you know, more open things like uh, if you're uh, LGBT right there or racism, how is those, you know, subjects right there in Jordan? How, how okay. do you guys, you know, <laughs> treat no, it? It's more, more or less still a Muslim. So as for this, the LGBT, they're not. Uh, 
we're not racist towards them yet. They're not uh, acceptable and uh, accepted here. So uh, even when there's one uh, has something, um, a, a sexual uh, issue or thing, they don't really mention it. We need uh, awareness in this, but uh, we can they, they cannot accept it actually because of religious thing. Not right. uh, much more because of traditions, because okay. in our religion as Muslims, it's not acceptable. So I believe that this is uh, because of the religion we have. Yet here in Jordan, we were not this racist, and uh, they are also well known with uh, the welcoming uh, people and with the guesting. So uh, let's assume uh, a friend of mine who would like to visit Jordan, we do not uh, let her take an hotel. We guest people in our houses. Just go. And because we have a guest uh, room and it's only for guests. And it's okay <laughs> to have guests all over the year. It's not a, even a problem for us. Uh, and if uh, let's assume also if someone just passed by and it was the lunchtime, they do not and they cannot leave uh, un unless uh, they had lunch with us. Okay. That's, wait, that's, that's actually super interesting because two weeks ago on Twitter, there was a huge uh, discussion because supposedly, I'm sorry, Victor, if you're listening to this, but Swedish people, they say that they don't feed their guests. Uh, exactly. Food. I saw this. And I, do, I saw this complaint. Yes. Yeah. And in the replies, there were so many Arab people explaining that Arabs are the most like welcoming Generous people, people uh, yes. giving people food and anything that For the sure. guests need. Yeah, uh, it went viral yeah. because a girl just wrote that, at, that she was at her boyfriend's house, maybe, and then when she woke up in the morning, uh, she went uh, that he went down, and then after 15 minutes, she went down. She found them having breakfast, and they didn't even say to her, "Come and eat with Invited us." Invited her. Oh, this is gross. <laughs> so we were reading that. But we don't have this in our country. <laughs> Everyone has to have food together. Um, as per my family and most of the families here in Jordan, we are family-oriented, much, much family-oriented. So uh, some of our uh, men and women, when they get married, they live either uh, uh, above their parents or below their parents. So we stay nearby each other and close to each other. So for, for example, in the street I'm living in, there are 30 families from my family are living in the <laughs> Really? Wow. Yes. Come on. So, <laughs> so you got a village of your family right there. Exactly. We do. But a man has a lot of houses and not everyone does so. But some of the families are like mine. Oh, imagine having uh, a party, like a college party at your place. Your uh, I, I, did, going to be... I did my graduation party in my house and there was 120 women without the men in my house wow. in our living room so it's normal <laughs> okay that's super cool actually yeah, that feels like cool. also very very latin like in Me in mexico they also are very to bringing the family all together into doing those um together parties yeah. like family parties it's very different from, kind of uh, from europe for sure because in europe we don't really have that no in europe say, like the neighbor doesn't really know who's the other neighbor who's living by the other side. Yeah. And that's we, very, very weird. Like if you go to Central Europe and Northern Europe, a lot of the, the countries are very individualistic. Like the individuals are more to themselves, uh, not very, as you said, family oriented. Um, and just like doing these kinds of like, let's say family events, uh, which is obviously very different from Latin countries and South America and uh, Middle East. We, so. We see our family on a on a daily basis. <laughs> we do gatherings sure. on a daily basis. They always <laughs> men play cards, the women chats, and the girls having ergile and sitting all Nagilia. together playing board games or so. <laughs> that's super dope. So, that's One a question. great. Are you are you required to wear a hijab uh, when you uh, get off your home or like anything to cover your hair? Okay, so. Uh, more or less covering our uh, hair and neck and hands is uh, something from the religion as well. So Muslims are required to cover their hair, uh, hair neck and hands. 
but um, my family uh, are not this close-minded, as I said before. Yet I am the only one in the family from the girls who is above uh, 20 years and not wearing hijab. But all of them wore it by choice because they okay. understand cool. that. Almost, yes, That's super and, cool. cool. Yes, and our... it's not only when we go out. We wear hijab in our houses if we have other men other than uh, a family member like a father, a brother, or uh, a brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. The woman needs to wear hijab. Okay. But uh, so, so let's say that there is a friend of your dad going to your place for a weekend. You have to wear hijab, right? Yeah, we do. We wear hijab. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. But, but so people uh, that, that you're yeah, not, you know, demanding and... of using hijab every day or everywhere. Uh, yeah, because we believe that, uh, what, how can you say it? Like covering because you are protecting yourself from others' eyes because girl is this beautiful and she has to be uh, more protected. Also, they pre- they are presenting uh, Islam. So they don't only wear it uh, in their country or out their house. They wear it everywhere they should wear it. Mm. But also, uh, there are a lot of girls that are not wearing hijab here. Uh, nowadays, it's... it's uh, like old people, they it's it was a must for everyone, and no, you can't not wear. But now it's more freedom because we are more or less like it's something you are convinced of. So we know that each religion has its own kind of pray. You are required requested to pray, but I don't tell you, oh, you don't pray, you are wrong. It's his choice. It's between his and his him and his God. Hijab is the same thing. We are, mm-hmm. uh, it's a sort of uh, praying for God, but it's between me and my God. So that's why uh, my family keeps saying, we advise you to, but you're not uh, required if you don't want to. That's super cool. Our, our um, cool Saudi mindset. Arabian guest was also the same thing because she, did, she didn't wear her hijab uh, as an obligation. She chooses not to, but if she... Uh, feels the need to she can so that's very very cool exactly do you in, in Saudi you Arabia a... they used to no, wear go, 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 these go. capes <laughs> uh, when they go out they have to here no you can wear whatever you want and you go out just the way yeah. you like yeah. it's more liberal no for difference. sure mm-hmm. do you do you take uh, or did you take your hijab for example when you went to Portugal in the south or when you went to Turkey uh, no 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 uh, I didn't. I, I was. I have never worn hijab before. <laughs> yeah, I never saw your hijab right there. Actually. I have never. I I have to wear it if I go for one place, and it's Saudi Arabia. When we go to Kab, okay. Yeah. We go to Al Haram and the mosque, the the black Kaaba. Okay, there because we uh, do something there uh, as a prayer there, as a special okay. thing there. Okay. We need to wear hijab there. Yeah, a prey but, thing that demands you to wear this exactly. cover. Okay. Exactly. So if I want to pray, I have to wear the cover. Okay. But I can take it off later and I can go. <laughs> that, <laughs> dope, dope. No, that's yeah. super cool. By the way, one uh, thing that uh, you were actually talking about as well, which I find it very fascinating. So you went to Turkey alone. So you, you travel alone usually. Uh, how is it like for, for a woman uh, to be traveling alone to these other countries, especially being from Middle Eastern, where like laws are a bit more strict than, let's say, Europe or any other countries? No, for like sure. Experience. Uh, whenever, yeah, I mean, also going to Portugal, I mean, you've, you've, you came like to Portugal alone and kind of stuff. How was this experience of, you know, going out of Middle East and experience okay. all the different cultures of, that you never saw in your life before? Uh, okay, this is actually also based on the family and its background. Uh, my father believes that if I go for a reason, like work or study, then it's okay, you can go because he never stops at our um, dreams or being uh, uh, being or doing something to stop us from dreaming or from our future steps. So uh, Portugal mainly, it was like I convinced them in a way or another. It wasn't easy, but I did. 
uh, I told them that it was a scholarship and I'm going to be getting a grant there. And it's okay, Dad. I have other Jordanians with me and so on. And they were refusing very bad. Then I kept uh, nagging and nagging and nagging for three months until they exit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to Turkey, it was hardest because it was for fun. But uh, one of my cousins is studying there. And I was like, Dad, she's there and she's going to be with me and she's going to help me. I will never be alone. My friends are also there. I know girls there. Until he was also convinced. And I was telling him, you can come with me. My mother can come with me. My sister can come with me. You can choose whoever to come with me. But since no one is free, I would be going because this is the only time I can take my week off from job. For sure. So That's it's awesome. more or less, it needs steps and you need to be convincing and very convincing. Yet it's not impossible, especially if it's... About, so now let's assume I found uh, a master's degree outside. They're not going to say no. It's your future. It's your career or sure, your, sure. you can go. 100%. But it has but to be first step is always hard. Yeah, but like when you take that first step of like going abroad, that's like super hard because you're like, okay, I'm alone. I'm going alone to these uh like uh, uncharted yes, territory are... basically for you. Yeah. So the reason behind being restricted here is not uh more or less the tradition, as it is the uh there are protective on girls, they are always afraid on girls. It's not just finding them that they are weak. No, the opposite, exactly. Finding them that they are very sensitive and they have raised us very spoiled and they give us everything we want and they have always protected us. So they are afraid uh, on us. Yeah, That's of releasing you into these yeah, unknown locations, for sure. <laughs> and uh, was, was Portugal your first time abroad alone or was, was there anything yeah. before? It, it was, was your first time abroad alone. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, a very great experience. I can still remember. Um, I went to Egypt to get my visa because we don't have an embassy here in Jordan. The Portuguese embassy, you mean? Yeah, we don't have one here. Oh, we have wow. a council. But because okay. our visa is a little bit for four or six months, so we needed to go to, go to Egypt and to get it from there. To print it in the passport. Uh, when I have arrived in Egypt, he called me and he was like, okay, you traveled, you can come back. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad, you mean? Oh my God, yes. When I went, <laughs> I arrived in Portugal after two weeks, he was like, okay, you traveled, you can come back. And then I was like, <laughs> I have to pay penalty if I come back. So he was like, okay, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. And how was your, you know, how, how did you feel when you landed in the airport? And you saw all these different things that you're not used to in your country. How was the experience? How was, you know, how, how were you feeling? Like you were feeling like, oh, fuck, it's totally different. I mean, because I've never been to a Middle East. So yeah. I would definitely have the same, you know, yeah. uh, cultural kind impact, of feeling. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cultural Very impact. Crazy. And for I you more, because it was your first country abroad. So for you, it would be. So it was, it was very exciting very weird and very mixed feelings but i cannot even say that i feel homesick because i chose this and i have to be responsible of what i chose and i have always written that everything's fine everything's okay <laughs> even if it wasn't i was afraid i'm not gonna lie but i was talking to them uh, to my family and the phone saying wow it's very different here the streets are different People are different. People are uh, are not bad. They are helpful. Uh, mama, they have something that is called pastel de nata. It's more. <laughs> like, like we oh, have it. We sure. have we have it with other names. Mama, they have. So it was very weird, and I have never cooked before. I had never took care of a house before. We all we have wow. born mates in our house, and then I had to try how to cook, how to clean, <laughs> how to do everything by my own. <laughs> And that was very insane. I got sick there. And as I told you, we are very spoiled here. So I was like, who's going to take care of me? No one. Literally no one can. I have to take care of myself. <laughs> I don't have to lose my money. So it was terrifying, yet very exciting. Exciting 
for uh, something uh, that you don't know something you are literally experiencing for the first time yeah getting out of the comfort zone right exactly i was literally out of my comfort zone so for example the hotel guy like i'm sorry not all portuguese are bad but there was like 15 stairs and i was flying for 21 hours and he refused to carry my bag for me mm. and i was like in jordan they do this they always carry things because yeah. when girl is uh, holding them sure and i mean in portugal as well that. he was just you know he was just a, an asshole kind of maybe yeah <laughs> yeah he was just an asshole i fell down and the bag fell over me and then i was thinking oh. the Crying. Poor Haley. Poor Haley. Yeah. I will help you, Haley, for sure. No, thank you. <laughs> so um everything for the first time was the hardest, but it was very exciting. I was in the residence and I didn't like it. And I started looking for an apartment until I found one and I moved there. So the moving, uh being with people yeah. who I don't know. Uh, I was with three Polish girls and I, they know each other. They are friends and I am the only foreigner between them. But they were yeah. nice. Thanks God, they were nice. Uh, <laughs> experiencing everything by my own, going to grocery shopping, walking for 15 minutes to get the grocery and holding things on my back. I'm not... Yeah. Two bags like this, huge <laughs> stuff. I don't walk here. I have my own car for everything. You don't walk yeah. here. We all of more mobility and cars using the metros, the buses, everything literally you can you do it be it would be like normal for you guys. You have you have been living this way. But for me, everything sure. was the first time literally. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> was it easy for you to cook your own foods uh from uh from Jordan in Portugal, like to get the ingredients, all those kinds of things? Uh okay, you know, Portugal used to be an Andalusian country. Uh, from uh, Andalus, so that's why uh, they have similarities, even mm. if they are now different. Uh, so uh, they used to have uh, halal stuff uh, for the chicken. Uh, they used to have the rice we cook, same rice. Mm -hmm. They used to have same flour. They used to have uh, this stuff. We had a lot of similarities, so it was easy for me. I used to open a video call with my mother and ask her how to cook and do it. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you cook that uh, traditional food that I know it's very popular in Jordan and in other countries called mansaf? Yeah, mansaf. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't because I, uh, okay, the yogurt the yogurt to use in mansaf is different. It's okay. more. Yeah, you couldn't find in Portugal, right? Yeah, there there was one phone in Portugal and I didn't get one. But a friend of mine there, uh, she had some and we cooked it there. It was very amazing. Oh, uh, uh, for people who doesn't know, it's a light bread uh, with rice, with a salty type of yogurt. We use it as a soup with meat of it. Just sounds so good. Sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> sounds amazing I, I know because there's also a middle eastern restaurant here in my street in cape town where they where they have mansaf so i have to go there to try it for the first time 100 i really really want to try it i, I looked at pictures online i was like this is this looks beautiful delicious oh that's amazing yeah uh what else have in jordan <laughs> uh it's a great country me like uh yeah can, yeah everyone can live here it's a little bit expensive but more or less like europe so mm. uh, the same thing uh but here we have uh, we have a bulk of people there are traffic in the streets on a daily basis almost except weekends like today's weekend the street is empty but we get stuck in traffic can you imagine? So yeah, um, it's kind of um, a small country for the amount of people that that lives there, right? The capital. So, not the Amman. capital. Okay, Amman. Uh, I do you live in Amman? Yes, we do live okay. in the capital. Can't okay. live, uh, abroad because the governorates 
they have less opportunities, uh, very limited number of companies. What yeah, you find sure. Kubernetes is the um, factories. Uh, it's more or less like village. Uh, they don't have this uh, good universities or this uh, good uh, work opportunities. Also, because mm -hmm. my family, as we talked, uh, they are uh, uh, Palestinians by origin. So uh, when we came first to Jordan, we came to Amman. And that was in the 80s. Okay. By the way, can we talk a little bit about the, the conflict and if it, it affected you, especially the, the recent one between Israel and Palestine? How was everything in Jordan while that because was happening? Because I, I have the mindset that Jordan is not that affected by the wars that happens in the Middle East. I, I mean, I have this feeling because we never heard in the news about your country and kind of stuff. So how, how is those things right there? Um, in Jordan here, they are, how do we say it? They are the one who are protecting uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. So they have the, uh, okay, how do we say it? The Hashemite family are uh, the ones, uh, are the protectors for what Jerusalem, for Aqsa Mosque, especially in Jerusalem. But uh, actually, uh, the terrorist doings uh, and actions are non-stoppable. And uh, Jordanians are trying to help, but they are, uh, like, let's say, um, away or behind their chairs, and they are uh, responsible people. So, uh, OK, let's say one in um, Cape Town and one in Portugal. Uh, what, this one hit this one, but Hua in Portugal and uh, and Spain and sitting beside his chair, he can't help the one in in Portugal, uh, no. for example. So we need yeah. action. That's why we are trying to uh, post stuff on social media to get a public opinion because uh, what is happening there now is not okay. Uh, we know because uh, my cousins are living there and we get calls from them on a daily basis. Uh, they, uh, they do bombs, they take kids, uh, and when they take them, uh, they, uh, they make them suffer in the presence. Um, and also they are, uh, they are smashing the Aqsa Mosque. Aqsa Mosque is not uh, something just for Palestine something very important for Muslims and uh, we, do, we don't like we are Muslims we uh, we respect Jewish uh, people we respect Christians so we don't smash uh, uh, churches we don't smash any of, uh, of the place they are playing in so no one has the right to uh, to destroy a place that is uh, considered as a, a praying place, even if whatever the religion was. So mm -hmm. that is us very sad. And also they are, uh, they are destroying houses for people. Like suddenly you wake up, you don't have the permission of staying in this house. How? Because the govern, the, what do we call it? Because the governorate is, for example, is, uh, Israeli, for example, okay? So uh, this Israeli uh, governor, he doesn't give uh, an allowance for people to live in their houses or they take it or they change the papers. And suddenly people now, recently the last month, they woke up on the sound of uh, Israeli soldiers knocking their door, saying to them, you have to empty this house within 30 minutes. The girls, I swear, the, the girls, that was in Silwan, the girls uh, in, in Jerusalem, the girls came, came back from the school, they were 12 and 13, they found everything destroyed, and there's just, uh, 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 there are just uh, a destroyed house. Jesus. So kids came back from their house, school, and uh, found no house. Their toys, their books, 
uh, all of their memories destroyed easily. Just like that. And what was the um, the origin of the of these newest conflict? Was it just territory based, or was there anything else that uh, uh, made it happen? Based place, by the way. So all of it. So okay, <laughs> uh, the land of Palestine is divided into two sides. One side is uh, took uh, were taken by Israelis, and one side left for Palestinians. The one side that is left for Palestinians is allowed to be entered by Palestinians, and the Israeli side is not allowed. We're not allowed to go there. Okay, so Jerusalem. Uh, Yaffa, Haifa, uh, all of these uh, uh, lands, we call it 48 lands. People there, most of them are Arabs, but uh, not necessarily Palestinians. They can be Israelis. Okay. Uh, Israeli uh, what, uh, citizens, some of them are good to Arab, and that's a good thing because they are citizens. But soldiers and um, and the terrorists from Israeli, those who most of them wear hats and put braids here, these uh, are the ones who does bad things for people without considering uh, they are women, they are kids, they, they don't care. They only hit people. They can uh, take anyone's house. Uh, and the law is protecting the Israeli people. Hmm. So they don't have like what, a moral compass basically yeah exactly they have there is uh, there is no uh, Palestinian control politically that's bad shit we so, feel bad for people who are living there and hmm. can't help them in Jordan they are the minister of uh, foreigners he talks that uh, what Israeli did is uh, was uh, unaccepted, and what are they doing as terrorists? And we as Jordanians are, uh, are are not into this, and we are not accepting this to happen. But in a way or another, it's happening. We cannot just stand there and say, "Oh, everything is going to be fine." It will never be fine. It's happening. People are being hurt. That's because this war is ongoing for so long and it's like we see it every year like on the news it's getting worse getting worse they have a part of the year where they do things more uh, it's when ramadan because in ramadan important month for muslims so people goes more and more for the aqsa mosque to pray there so especially in this month they always do bad stuff for palestinians they target this month, actually. Jesus Christ. To stop us from praying, to stop people there from fighting for their land. Yeah. Do, do you think it's because also um, during Ramadan, people are a little bit weaker because they don't eat like as often, or does that not make a difference? No, actually, our they... fasting is not that uh, hard. Our mm. fasting is more or less like uh, keto. It's, it's like... Uh, uh, fasting for a couple of hours and it doesn't hurt your body. Um, it was proven that it's one of the best diet methods for the body. Yeah, I, uh, I got, got to know. I, I don't, but for me, I've done one day with my friend Tariq from Syria, and for me, it was pretty hard. Like, I couldn't even drink water. It was pretty hard for me to do in this for a day. Oh, so, no. imagine doing this for a month. Like it sounds, yeah, sounds you guys, you guys I, are I usually lose five to six kilos every Ramadan. I usually okay. do. <laughs> Jesus. You, yeah, you feel but, pretty good with this. Yeah, I, I but, actually need this diet. When in faith, like you believe in stuff and so. And also we eat before Al-Fajr. Like we, the last thing in Jordan, for example, the last thing we eat at uh, on uh, uh, 3.30 a.m. And uh, we can eat by then when it's uh, 7 p.m. So imagine you eat, you sleep, you wake up at 9, and then you go to work until 4 because we have a shorter work period when it's Ramadan. And then you wait for three hours and then you can eat. 
No, yeah. but, but during imagine going to work and not drinking not a sip of water, like for me. It's, it's, yeah, it's, my it's, manager it's, used to say, You're fasting. Okay, I will not be harsh on you. <laughs> <laughs> for the whole month. She used to give the me whole month, you're good. Uh, so your manager he, for a month. He's not Muslim. Your man your manager. She's a Muslim, but she doesn't fast. Ah, she doesn't oh. fast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Her choice. <laughs> Her choice, exactly. Oh, Amazing. So she used to say, oh, you were fasting, I will not be harsh for you. I will be okay for you for a month, and then after the month, you will see. <laughs> yeah. Very deep. For sure. Very deep. No, for sure, for sure. Kind of, kind of <laughs> subjects that Guy and I, we just stop and listening because we, we cannot imagine being through those, you know, uh, those conflicts and those kind of vibes, you know, because it's kind of far things for us. So, yeah, but here it's safe. Yeah. Here it's safe. Here we don't have problems. No, for sure, but but still, like you know, having your your like, family close there to Palestine, exactly. you get and, worried. And Jordan, policeman totally helped uh, people here. Uh, they're not uh, bad or so. Everyone here is very helpful in Jordan. Um, mm. We are we live in a safe country. I can't come back home by 12, 1 a.m. if I was at my cousin's. No one come and talk to me. Even it's okay. But that's also like very true because there's like this very big stereotype that people think the foreign people think the Middle East is incredibly dangerous. And we had our guest from Saudi Arabia, and she explained to everyone how that's okay. not true. Like it's insanely safe uh, because obviously there are more laws. Like kind of um, if you commit a crime, it's like it's it's, it's exactly. a harder punishment. punishment. Exactly. That works amazingly. I don't know if Akhwah remembers. When we were at university, there was a bomb in Al-Garb University. Do you remember ah. this? <laughs> I, do. I remember that. I do yeah. remember, yeah. I do <laughs> remember. I, I didn't know that you were there during those times. I, mean, I was there. And I okay. was like, running and terrifying. And I was telling <laughs> one of my flatmates, there is a bomb in the university. And I was like afraid our Jesus Christ, I do remember. She was like, but you're used to this in your country. I was like, oh, fuck. No, we're not. Horrible comment. That's the one of the worst comments. We are not my people. We live normally. We are safe. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Disgusting, disgusting. I mean, yeah, I do remember those days. I do remember those days. Uh, And that was a kind of former teacher. That he was so. actually demanding one of his, you know, salaries or kind of stuff. He was demanding exactly. that well, to pay. And then he said, uh, yeah, I kind of. And he was spreading <laughs> the university with a bomb. Like yeah. Crazy stuff. I don't think he had anything, though. I think it was just like, uh, he's, he's. Yeah, no, he didn't have anything. He was just bluffing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Was there was but, nothing. But I really feel that because, for example, South Africa is the third most dangerous country in the world. Uh, and I, I'm in Cape Town, so I don't fully see it because I'm like in a bubble, even though Cape Town is still kind of dangerous. But you can still sense the danger. Like you cannot walk outside alone uh, at night, especially even during the day in some areas. Like you cannot him, do bro. it. Uh, and you'll get robbed if you have your phone out, if you have anything valuable. So you need to be aware of your surroundings. You really need to not act as a tourist, try to be a South African or to appear South African. And a lot of it is because of the laws, because, um, because you can commit a crime here, pay the, pay the police officer like 20 euros and he'll just be like, okay, sure, go off. And these crimes can be like as bad as like rape and that kind of stuff that people can just like pay off, uh, bribe off the, the officers and they'll be let off so um, i think a stronger laws really do affect in a way mm-hmm. like you to, to help minimize these kinds of crimes okay do you know something here in jordan that you translate this word just to make it easier okay no uh in jordan uh me as a girl uh who's in the middle of her 20s let's say or even less like i'm above 18 And let's assume that uh, a guy decided to bother me on the internet and uh, keep uh, knocking me on Instagram or I was being harassed or so. Um, I can go to the cybercrime. I can give a complaint and they will take 
care of uh, the uh, of the complaint very carefully and very secretively. So even my parents, if I choose that they do not know, they will not know. And I don't even have to go to their office. I just have to email them or text them. Mentioning that this guy or this girl is doing 24 or they have hacked my account and they're acting that it's me or they are sending the spam and they will be judged and punished based on what they have done. That is in that that is amazing, by the way. Yeah, but cool. For me, I don't like, have to have a lawyer. I don't have to tell my family. I don't have to make anything. Just tell them. I give I'll them proof, and they will handle it. I'll tell you something here, especially Works that very I good. find crazy. But uh, Uber drivers here in Cape Town, there it happens so often that they get robbed. Like someone asks for the Uber, and the person who asks for the Uber literally uh, guns them. And asks like for their money for their items and they they can't do anything about it i've been in so many ubers where they tell me the story and they were like they went to the police station and the police officers were like we can't do anything uh just be careful next time that, that's what yes, they said my was like, he was on his job yeah he was on his job and he, it wasn't his fault and so, i had access to my google account and also they didn't i like i knew where the phone was but they didn't <laughs> So yeah. that's it. Yeah, it's a safe country. I have never been robbed here. Oh, you know, it's it's, it's very yeah, good for for us, you know, doing this podcast and breaking stereotypes and breaking all those, you know, pre-fops. I love it. Like the first time you communicated me, I was like, yes, that opportunity where we can express <laughs> that we are different. Please break the stereotyping. It's totally nice here. You can come, guys. You can visit us. It's much easier. And I I really loved being a part of this. Thank you for remembering me. I mean, that's the message you, we want to spread with our listeners. That's for sure. So, Haley, we are coming to an end of our podcast already. And before finishing this, uh, Guy wants to do the question he does every single episode. So feel free, buddy. 100%. Before that, before we get to the episode, because I'm very curious about this, uh, I've heard that there's uh, tribes in the sand in Jordan. They're called Bedouin, Bedouin yes. tribes in the sand. So, yeah. do you have you met a couple of these uh, tribes, or have you interacted with them? Or yeah, how are I, they? I like, have been to Adiram, uh, to Ram Valley, actually, uh, where the desert is. And whenever you go there, you have to meet the Bedouin. Bedouin guys, uh, really, uh, there they use their trucks to take you from the bubbles, if you have ever seen them in Brambadi, to take you to the sunset place or to the mountain or to drop you anywhere. And they are um, very nice guys, uh, very helpful. Oh, they uh, use camels. They use camels, uh, but not really. Uh, they use it. Okay. They raise it. They take care of it. They use its milk. Uh, they use its meat. They can eat it. It's very delicious, by the way. And it's very expensive okay. here in Jordan. Okay. And I have never tried it. It's this expensive. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guys are there. They are a bit different uh, than the people in town. They wear different stuff and customs, and they usually put uh, eyeliner in their eyes, so they hmm. have black here and the black there. Their own uh, style, yeah. Yeah, the wedding style. But they are nice people. They helped us, and they were very, very helpful. Uh, they live a simple life, uh, much more simple than we do in the um, in the capital. That is because of being there for their whole life. For sure, 100%. Amazing. Uh, yeah, to the last question. It's going to be a, a very cool f um, f from you, I think. Um, sure. We basically ended with this question where um, I ask, what is the thing that makes you the most proud about being from Jordan? So when you went to Portugal, what was the thing that you would say to people that you met there that really, really um, connected you with the country and you would explain how and why it is so important to you and why it makes you be so proud of it. Okay. I believe that there are two things. 
the first thing, the type of the connectivity we have in our families. So it makes me feel safe. Uh, each time I needed anything, I find uh, 10 to 20 people around me, just with me, in my happiness Pretty and cool. in my sadness. Uh, that's the first thing. So you, you don't really feel alone at all. Uh, the second uh, thing is how generous Arabs are and how welcoming they are when there's a guest. That's what mm -hmm. makes us very, very special in Jordan. So these the opposite are the of Swedish people. <laughs> <laughs> so we know it. <laughs> no, we are just kidding with the Swedish. We know yeah. we have some <laughs> Swedish listeners because of Victor. They're <laughs> <laughs> very nice sure. and they cute people. <laughs> Now, now I'm always making fun of him because of that whole situation on Twitter saying, hey, why don't you feed your, your, your friends at home? <laughs> because they have limited, limited range. I didn't expect that it will be this viral, but it was. <laughs> Amazing, so Haley. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Thank you so much for spreading the Jordanian word with us right here <laughs> during sure. this podcast it was amazing to get to know more about your country this amazing country uh, which is in my bucket list right now so I'll be typing down on my notion book <laughs> Jordan right there so thank you so much for accepting and nice to talk with you again after almost four years so thank yeah, you so much thank you both thank you so much and it was uh, my pleasure Anything you need uh, about Jordan, or if you have passed by in the Middle East and Jordan, just hit a call. <laughs> we'll come here, guys. <laughs> Amazing. 100%. Amazing. So, Guy, thank you so much, bro, for joining me one Likewise. more time, one more weekend. Likewise. Take it easy, and, bro. Yeah. See you guys. See you, listeners. Week. See you until next week. Take it easy. Bye-bye.